Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You missed it, Albie. Missed Cu- what? Couple things. You missed it. A- a whole series of events. Really? I forgot the audio cable back in Massachusetts. We're in Vermont currently. And I um, remember when we were out riding this morning, having to yeah. saw that awesome granite quarry and we're all through the world. And remember it said low tire pressure? Mm-hmm. And remember we decided to make a nonverbal decision to ignore it? <laughs> yes. When I got out of the hardware store with an, with an audio cable, uh, my the fl- tire was flat. Completely flat. Completely flat. So then I got, I was in the hardware store, of course. So that was good. I got some fix-a-flat. Two non-hardware items. Audio cable and fix-a-flat. And I put it in the tire and it, it got it up a little bit. And then I drove to the uh, gas, gas station. station and got put air in the tire. And so now we will see. Either we will go out there and the tire will have been, will have been deflated again. Or if it's not deflated... And it maintains its tire pressure. Now all tires have been properly inflated <laughs> to their proper pressure. That's 35 PSI, Alice, or whatever it is. It depends. Your car um, should say yes, on I, the inside of the door I know on the I label. I looked there. Okay. Thank you, Alice. I do have a penis, you know, <laughs> regardless of speculation <laughs> from listeners, Alice. <laughs> what do you think? I just like... Have a feel if it gives off a inflated efficiently. I don't necessarily aura. trust you to know how no. to fill up the tires. I looked into this. Believe me, I made it a thing. All right. So uh, anyway, I've saved today. So this is we had to come out back and do an emergency podcast because obviously I don't even remember. This has been such a blur. But um, if if you're seeing extra like ten times the amount of Duck Duck Go searches for Tom Shattuck, that is emanating from me. <laughs> is, um, so obviously the Scott Brown stuff took off I think we knew We had a pretty good inkling that it was newsy Obviously I think we mentioned that and we played that mm-hmm. We talked about it in our Thursday show Yeah And uh, we talked about it to Graham obviously Which you guys have now heard as well um, And he put it in the New Hampshire Journal the inside From Inside Sources Right and then it went all over the place Once it was uh, inside Sources And then um, uh, George Colley was pumping it up down in connecticut and then it then popped it over to alex up. jones and then <laughs> then we thought wait a second this may not be the connecticut uh, uh hit that we're that was uh, reflecting well upon us um once it was uh, alex jones and then off to the races it was and so we had a it's it's a very interesting 
situation being on vacation and just noticing this well, stuff right because we got and up here like friday night and everything was normal and then like by the time we were going to bed that just the short little clip that we had posted because of course we needed our patreon people to get the content first of course um but we had just that short little clip that we had posted and um that had like five thousand views and i was like oh that's weird and then like it had like fifty thousand by monday so um yeah it was kind of an exciting weekend it was on fox and uh, let the record show um, shaddock's name was on fox news let and the record the show New York just Post. how good a listenership we have we were tipped off to all the stuff from these listeners. Oh yeah, people told us where it was. Yeah, really. be- because people a lot of times we didn't have it. service. Where we're up here in the Northeast Kingdom, there is not a lot of service in a lot of places. Yeah, if we're at the house and we're on Wi-Fi, then we're fine. But yeah, if we're out and about and at the lake and doing whatever, then we don't we aren't necessarily hearing it and seeing it and on Twitter and all that stuff. So. Um, yeah, thank you to everybody who sent us stuff and clued us into things that were happening. And it was very exciting and great. Did I not see? I thought I sent Howie to us. Did I not? I don't know what you sent to us. It should be right before. I may not have sent Howie. I wanted to just go over a couple of these hits, Alice. I know. Very exciting hits, starting with a friend of mine. The virus. And then when the virus hit our shores, he got fabulously wealthy pushing these vaccines that didn't actually work. At least they didn't work for many, most people. All right, we got to move. We got to move. Let's get to, uh, oh man, let's let's do Scott Brown quickly because uh, Scott Brown went on with our friend Tom Shattuck on his Burn Battle podcast, former senator. Thank you, Jerry. And uh, Mm -hmm. talked about Joe Biden, who, who, by the way, Joe, I was looking at his Twitter account this morning to see if he tweeted anything about Maui. He hasn't. Oh, did I, is that all I have? That's a good, very good edit on my part. But then he plays it, okay? So this is going swimmingly already. Uh, well, I sent you the right part of Laura Ingram. If you but I wanted want. Howie. But anyway, you guys heard it. I was on Howie Carr as well. Um, and But Laura Ingram, Laura, I mean, we are now... Best friends with Laura? We are best, best friends forever with Laura Ingram. No, the- president is out of sight as you reported earlier he's not out of mind former uh, scott brown is revealing what really happened when joe biden swore him in watch <laughs> when you got sworn in as senator was he like hair sniffing gail or handsy with gail or did i imagine yeah, yeah 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 i told him i kicked the kick him. i told him to stop he didn't act the way i thought he should and and you know we called him on it and you know that's it now laura we had our producers pull the video. Look at this. He does get awfully friendly and handsy. Hey. Brown there. That we I like. To start a new segment. Oh. Great gropes with Mr. Biden. <laughs> oh, great sniffs. It's either sniffing or nibbling or he's he's in your aura space for way too long. Remember, Raymond, when we saw him at that party in Washington and he grabbed oh, my shoulders that time? but. There was a moment we wrote about I get, it, and I don't know which book, but it was. Yeah, it was. So I see. Um, Laura Ingram is a fetching looker. Let me tell you that about that. I'm sure Biden was all over her. Um, so uh, let's see. Do I have Howie? Uh, it doesn't matter. Okay, so we're talking with Howie as well. So so then it, it's all over the place in the Daily Wire, and so the, I'm thrilled. Obviously, um, I don't know we got a smattering of new listeners. A lot of impressions. It's just it's just good. It's good to be organically create news where it's not me like walking into traffic or like uh or you know something that's useless whatever it's a newsy piece and i was glad he did it i'm sure i mean he should be scott brown should feel good about it because it makes him look chivalrous and he got some he's in the news cycle but but we reached out to chris christie and and um Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis and neither of them uh responded. And I think that shows you that both of those campaigns suck. I'm sure I'm sorry. And it's not because they need to get back to the Burn Barrel podcast. No, that's not the point. Although it would be a good nod to uh, you know, new media, certainly. And uh in the and the Twitter sphere, I'm sorry, and the uh podcast uh you know, uh universe. The the fact is this is that people were looking at us. So media was scraping us and looking at us and we can see from the numbers that they were 
So we were white hot. So that they should have gone right back to our same podcast and advanced the story. Christie should have gone on there and said, this is why you can't have somebody like Trump or somebody like Biden, because both of them have this issue, et cetera, and they don't respect it. And DeSantis could do the same thing, the same thing, without even naming Trump's name. He could be saying both front runners are problematic in this. It, it was it's such an easy layup and the fact that some 28 year old comms moron was just you know stuck on her her instagram rather than be looking at us i think is ridiculous it was a win certainly would have been a win for us but it's a bigger win for them they, there's no earned media opportunity for these people because trump keeps getting indicted every four minutes including two days ago or yes or whatever so it's, it's this is emblematic as far as i'm concerned and i i've noticed this very carefully i've been doing um, a lot of campaign booking now in the last 12 years or so. And I noticed you can tell the campaigns that have their stuff together and the campaigns that don't have their stuff together. And, and I'll tell you one thing. Had I texted Hope Hicks in 2016, told her I had a similar situation for Trump, she would have had him calling in five minutes. They would never have missed earned media. Trump didn't spend any money. Of course he was going to use earned media. So the DeSantis is going to be, you know, spending a million, two million dollars a said, day? That being said, didn't you reach out to Trump this time, too? And he I did. did. He, his people also didn't give back to you? There was nothing. There's no portal. Of course, I don't, Hope doesn't work for him, and I don't have any more inside numbers. Like, one of the sons follows me on Twitter, but other than that, uh, there's, there's nothing. But but that, and they, it's funny, because they've been saying this time around that Trump's campaign has a, is a much more professional campaign. Have they been saying that? Yes, yes. I've heard conservative pundits say it, that this is no, um, it hasn't been no expense spared, that it's a campaign made to scale um, up quickly and be fluid, etc. Um, and, but like I said... That being oh, said, the Iowa State Fair was also this week, and it, it, that was mixed press for Trump, I thought the Iowa State Fair stuff the because what people were saying and I mean like I wasn't there so I don't know but was that he wasn't there for very long he didn't stick around um he looked old he looked tired sure that's fine well this would have been a good way to change the channel on that I mean mm-hmm. it's it's just ridiculous I, I'm telling you I know it's a small thing I know it's us but I remember being with Boston Herald radio and the campaigns got it and the campaigns didn't get it it doesn't matter almost all the campaigns lose except for one but his got it. And yeah. it didn't help Hillary Clinton to blow us off. It, it just didn't help her. Yeah. I mean, and Massachusetts may not have meant anything. I don't, I don't even know how she did in New Hampshire. Um, Bernie but, won New Hampshire. But, yeah. Um, but these blowing people off, I mean, in the beginning, we were ready to give um, Jeb Bush a whole bunch of love, a whole big spread. It was something we did for Rand Paul. And, the, and they get they come in and they get shot and video and and interviews and we do sidebars and this and that and um but they just blow it off i'm telling you that was new hampshire news that they would have gotten in on that was new hampshire news cycle new hampshire primary where you need to win or you're done at least you need to place and you blew it off freaking morons but you know what it's fine it's fine so speaking of the herald actually right that was um pretty funny because we joked about it like they're not going to be able to cover this at all um you know because they obviously stay very clear of you and you know yes um, so yes and what yeah what else is talking about is obviously i used to work for the boston herald for years under uh, old management um and and then the little sun it's all under the same it's all alden capital and media news group whatever it's yeah. it's a hedge fund owned thing so that the the and these, the hartford current too hartford current exactly we'll talk about that monday as a matter of fact um these places i'll just say this without disparaging i don't want to disparage them um i would in my own personal life if i were wanting to keep my local newspaper around um and they're owned by a hedge fund, I would unsubscribe immediately. You're not doing them any favors. You're not. They're cutting and cutting and cutting and cutting personnel and personnel and personnel. They're personnel. not going to use your money to hire anybody, You're right. put it that way. Yes, that money goes to Manhattan. And that's, uh, yes, that's going to somebody's yacht and not yours. So don't don't save these things if they're owned by these hedge funds or, or these giant It's not going to save your local news to give them money. No. Um, so, and believe me, 
as somebody who was on the inside of having to make the numbers work, take my word for it. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so the, the, it was. Re- this is such a the the Boston Herald essentially created Scott Brown. Mm-hmm. He was an omnipresent between the Boston Herald and WRKO, pretty much. Created Scott yeah, Brown. and even TKK. I mean, mm-hmm. he was a talk radio fixture, even when he ran for Senate. Right. I did not know about WRKO when I was um, in high school and college. Right. But I did know about big TKK but because it traditional was media in, FM. A, in a city that is, that is, or let's say even New England, that is split between uh, Globe people and Herald people. You know, the Herald was very influential. So... I, was, I had heard of Scott Brown right. because he called in to talk radio all the time. He got the number, the to call in yes and to all these stations and saved right. it and would call in at random all the time right and also another instance of earned media mm-hmm. scott brown has the hotline number and here we go um so so well now he has the burn barrel podcast hotline so now number the herald too, by the way. <laughs> right yes yeah, so now the herald is so they didn't pick up the story this is a, a boston new hampshire scott brown and as a matter of fact, mentioned Harold Radio right. in the interview. So now, since I can imagine the, the meeting that they had, the publisher of regional publisher of the, of, uh, the Herald and the and the current researcher is a guy named Kevin Corrado. Kevin Corrado knows nothing about media, nothing about politics. I'm not criticizing, disparaging anybody here, but that's not his field. He's from like IT or something. They got he got the corporate gig to make cuts efficiencies where, where it is mm-hmm. he doesn't know anything about any of this stuff i've been out it's just that's not his field which is fine that they don't apparently they don't care he doesn't want trouble and he gets a he gets some of these people can get spooked if you're not used to being in and around media you're scared to death of media if it's turned on you and or negative attention you don't want any trouble you want to make your numbers and go so me so the Herald, you know, obviously they all see this story. It's Scott Brown. It's him on a podcast. Well, how he's doing it too. How he's doing it, <laughs> which is right like- on the air. So, so, um, so, obviously inside, I assume Joe Battenfeld, who wrote this. Uh, let me let me. I've gone ahead. Obviously, so they don't they don't write a hard news story in it because it's impossible to write a hard news story without flagrantly it being a stolen story, unless you attribute me if you unless you give well yeah because where would he have said right. this anyway and the story w- needs to have what who where how why how when and the how is me and us and so and so that they skip writing a hard news story they meet a story that the globe didn't get so it would have been theirs to have because a herald doesn't mm-hmm. usually follow the globe but this would have been a herald get but they don't they wait some days another day another day and another day another day they could have just written up the story. But once again, because I was bad, we left in an angry divorce, me and the Herald. They decided to not do it. I can imagine that this probably was Joe Donnell, probably the, who's the editor-in-chief, um, probably labored over it and said, wait, we can't... The bo- big bosses don't want us to, to write about Shattuck because Shattuck left in bad terms. Well, not really. It's probably for that company. Standard, pretty standard stuff. Um... um but uh, there are lawyers involved. Just say that. So, um, so he probably said we can't write, we can't do this because it's got Shattuck in it. If they did run it up the flagpole and say, "Hey, what do you think about this?" It is such a terrible media move that I could imagine a publisher said, "No, don't do it," because publishers thinking about the lawyers and and protecting themselves and this and that, et cetera, et cetera. So they let this story go right by the Boston Herald, which should have been a Herald story. It was ridiculous. Until a few days later, when I guess that somebody had to, you know, make sure they could sleep at night because you can't <laughs> if you're a local Boston journalist and you let this thing go. And so they put Joe Battenfeld on it, who's an opinion writer generally. Joe Battenfeld does a tightrope walk, a backdoor way, so he's writing a kind of an opinion newsy piece, so he can bend the rules a little bit more. So the wording that Bats used, and I like Joe Battenfeld, and I don't think he was doing anything. I think he got scared to death. And somebody said, hey, Joe, no, no, no love this game. So they go around it and they say a local Boston podcast. Eventually, they say. Um, Told the Burn Barrel host or whatever. They they, said yes, the Burn Barrel host. Is a, 
It's like there is no technically, there is no Burn Barrel podcast. There is Tom Shattuck's Burn Barrel. That exists. Tom Shattuck's right. Burn Barrel. Now, burnbarrelpodcast.com does exist. Mm-hmm. And there are other iterations of Burn Barrel Podcast, but there's no podcast called Burn Barrel Podcast. Right. It is, it's like, it's like there's no newspaper called the NY Times. They use nytimes.com and nytimes on Twitter, but it's the New York Times. Right. So, but so there's and no- generally, if you were citing something that was told to the New York Times in an interview, you would then link to the interview somewhere so exactly. that people could see that you're not so, just instead, making this what, up whole cloth. What they did because they wanted to take my stuff and use it, but they had to or felt like they could at least cover us off as if they're being. And I can imagine the editor Joe D probably saying, "Oh my God, how do I do this in a way that we don't feel greasy here doing this because we're stealing from him like we steal from Turtle Boy." So. Um, so, so they come around with a, giving me a subtle nod by saying, um, burn barrel podcast, which is, so what they've done is create a fake entity that kind of resembles my entity. You know, it's Hydrox and Oreos here. And then they cite that entity that doesn't exist as a source. Right. Which is great, but that entity doesn't exist. Tom Shattuck's burn barrel exists. Tom Shattuck exists. Mm-hmm. They also go on to acknowledge that an interview happened with Scott Brown um, years ago in the Herald in which he was initially asked this question. The impetus for me saying, Scott, am I wrong? But the years ago we talk about this. So they acknowledge that that actually happened, but they don't know that it happened. As a matter of fact, I'm not sure that it happened, but they're going with it as being locked. Joe Batts wasn't there. I don't think Chabot was it. They didn't talk to anybody. Who remembers? So they don't even know that the source story that they're saying actually happened over at the Herald. So give us some. They don't even know that it happened. So that story is cooked. That is a cooked story by the Boston Herald in an attempt to steal from me. They've had to cook a story that resembles. But they had did no reporting on this. They didn't hear the archives of the Boston Herald radio. They don't know how to get there. They don't even know where they are. They did nothing. This is completely unethical. Completely unethical. They stole that story without giving me any credit. Their guy didn't write it. Right. Tom Shattuck wrote it. And for them to steal content like that, I don't even know. I mean, I, I guess I assume the burn barrel content is not copyrighted. Everything's automatically copyrighted. But, uh, yes, that's how that's, uh, they've done this. So now they, they can pretend... But it's they, probably fair use for them to, like, discuss something that well, happened Well, they misattributed it, they the should... story. Right. There's no such thing as burn barrel podcast. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and any normal newspaper, as did everybody else, including Fox News and the New York Post and everybody, link back to right. it. So that, Because normally, because if you're going to tell people that something happened on a podcast, you don't just expect them to take your word for it. You link to your source. Right. So that they can verify that it happened because that's what you do when you're sourcing things. Yes, and even and you, you could even link to the source if you linked Burn Barrel Podcast. At least you're linking to the actual source. That way you can come a little bit clean. Even if it says in a podcast and it's linked. Right. At least that's an acknowledgement. They did not acknowledge me. It is, it is totally fake. This is the kind of stuff that I used to get in fights with other editors about because I used to want to use or follow up stories that Turtle Boy broke. Right. But they didn't want to because he's mean. He was mean to reporters and they didn't want to re- hear the reporters um, complain because their feelings were hurt by Turtle Boy because... When reporters around New England try to steal his stuff and he gets pissed off, their feelings get hurt. Right. Well, sorry. So my feeling was that I wanted... He was chasing down some good stuff, including some Monica Cannon Grant stuff at the time, etc. So I was Karen like, I want... Karen story that he broke. Right. And I, when I was like, I wanted to... I always wanted to... I wanted to write op-eds or editorials on this stuff because it's good stuff. And who cares? Just give him a nod. He did the work. Yeah, just say where you're getting this. And they would be like, no, you can't mention him. Well, we, they, not only that, but we had a, I, I got ambushed by two editors one time. We had a supposedly friendly conference call on this. And they said, uh, one of the editors said, it was incredible. I, I said, um, oh, it was bad. Because they were angry that I actually, this is an, an editorial that went through. And then they published in the Herald without checking it. That I, I credited Turtle Boy. So they were very upset. Involved the Bruins, I think. They were very upset. One of the editors said, "This is so. This is so beautiful." One of them said, um, "Now the Bruins are mad at our reporter." It's like, so 
You don't do that. That's just the state of newspapers now. Who cares? <laughs> Bruins are mad. F*** the Bruins. I mean, right? <laughs> Bruins are mad at our reporter. Um, this is a, a, a newer editor at the time who actually runs one of the papers now, I think. Um, and then the other thing was their big nuke me. This was in front of the publisher, this, this particular call, mm-hmm. was, Tom, do you realize that he called your supposed friend and colleague, and it was either Jen Royal or somebody else who I worked for the Terror Radio, do you know that he called her on Twitter, called her a bitch? And I said, who cares? <laughs> who cares who he calls him? We're using his story. Why are, why are we romper rooms suddenly where we care what names are called? So maybe Turtleboy's an a-hole. Who cares if he calls everybody a bitch? He's probably called me a bitch. Yeah, if he did the reporting and we're now right. making content, making money off of his reporting, we still have to tell people where we're getting this story yes. from. Like, we can't just, you know, just do because the work he called somebody a mean name one time. Local blogger. It's like, no, man, it's ridiculous. Okay, so that's the story in the, in the Boston Herald. Once again, not disparaging the Herald whatsoever, whatsoever. I would say, though, that this, forget about anything that I've ever done in the past with the Herald. Just judging by this, the amount of the, the amount of unethical decisions to be unethical that would have gone into this decision tree to this making this decision mm-hmm. to create a fake source and cite a fake source so that they don't have to cite the actual source and provide no link. One, it's it's not um, typical. Two, I think it's punitive, which is why I would like to speak to a lawyer about the punitive aspect of this and to see what that does. With, uh, to any contract that I may have signed uh, to shut up about things because I would have some wonderful stories to tell. <laughs> so I'm looking into that, and I know that you're listening right now, Boston Herald, and hello. It's me, Tom Shattuck. Remember me? Okay. So, um, so, so there's that. Oh, yes, obviously, and I would say this, that, that any media outlet that creates fake, cooks a story like this, creates fake sources. They can't verify that any of this stuff happens. All hearsay by whom? They don't say in there. I would not trust that media with my money, so I would unsubscribe royally to that. I subscribe right now. We subscribe to Commentary Magazine. If they did that, I would unsubscribe. We subscribe to National, subscribe to National Review. I'd unsubscribe to that in a moment if they did that kind of thing. So you're not doing any favors. Um, it's no longer the... I don't want to disparage anybody. Okay. Make your own decisions, you know? <coughs> Alice, I have a question for you. Yes. Um, the, so far, we don't know if uh, Donald Trump's going to do the debate. Right. We're told that uh, Michael Graham says that he thinks he will, if you guys heard that interview, because Trump needs money. Um, and, but maybe he won't. But my feeling is, is it Trump? And I this might be wholly stupid, but just think about the position where we're in right now. Biden is matching Trump um, neck for neck, or even more so, on every criticism the left has cast on Trump over the past six years. As it turns out, all of those are being snuffed out by the fact that the left's own guy, Joe Biden, has it has been borne out that he actually is worse at all this stuff. Now, you can he can go run around saying uh, Bidenomics all he wants to, but people don't feel it. The, the, you can say inflation is down. Stuff is way too expensive. You can't afford it. Believe me. I'm in Vermont right now. There's not a whole lot of money up here, and these prices are like shopping at the freaking airport for groceries. It's incredible. It is really wild how expensive stuff is. It's crazy. Yes. And they've given up even like, I mean, they'll talk about how inflation is lower than it was or whatever, but, um, you know, they've given up even talking about the Inflation Reduction Act, so-called, as a bill that's designed to reduce inflation. Did you see Podesta talking about the Inflation Reduction Act? I saw a couple of cuts. Um, anyway, so yeah, he was doing that because he was responding to Hawaii and he was calling it their their climate legislation, essentially, the Inflation Reduction Act. And um, Vox had a piece out in the last few days as well where they were saying... Um, Biden's historic climate law has a problem. The average American probably doesn't know about all the free money in the Inflation Reduction Act. <laughs> and of course, as we talked about at the time when they were passing the Inflation Reduction Act, even, you know, like the every every 
economic analysis was saying this is going to be, if anything, inflationary, this right. bill. Um, but, you know, I think it's telling that they're calling it a climate law, the Inflation Reduction Act, which is not how they sold it at the time. They were saying that it was going to, um, you know, reduce inflation, which it was clear that it was not to any economist. Everybody was talking about it. But, um, you know, this Vox article I thought was really telling. The law is President Joe Biden's biggest climate achievement to date, with nearly $370 billion available for clean energy and climate programs, but just how much of that investment will benefit the average American environment remains an open question. Aspirationally, the Inflation Reduction Act is designed to lead a major reduction in U.S. greenhouse gas emissions. Is that what you would think that something called the Inflation Reduction Act would have as its major goal would be to lead to a reduction in U.S. greenhouse gas emissions? Its programs incentivize technology that would bring clean energy to American homes, transportation networks, and manufacturing. Because the funding spans the next decade, the Biden administration is working to develop rules for dozens of new programs, including a new fee on methane pollution, guidance for hydrogen tax breaks, and pollution grants for communities. But programs that give rebates to consumers for energy-efficient home improvements and home electrification will hit the market next year. Uh, moving Americans off fossil fuels, blah, blah, blah. Democrats passed the law on strictly party-line votes. Climate experts have criticized the version, the final version for relying more on incentives to entice voluntary adoption rather than penalties to enforce pollution cuts. Meanwhile, Biden is betting the new law will deliver most of the emissions cuts needed to meet the U.S.'s goal of having pollution from peak 2005 levels by 2030. But analyst projections, which are based on a number of assumptions and caveats, estimate the Inflation Reduction Act will only deliver about 40 percent in emissions cuts, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But I mean, like, is that what they were talking about the Inflation Reduction Act doing at the time when they passed the Inflation Reduction Act? <laughs> no. I mean, the thing's called the Inflation Reduction right. Act. Is it not? So, yeah, anyway, so they had John Podesta out here talking about Hawaii, and he said that they're working to solve the climate problem because they're, they passed <laughs> the important climate Incredible. legislation of the Inflation Reduction Act, which is not what it was sold to do. The Hawaii thing, by the way, which... Uh, we gotta, we're, not, we're not moving off the ship okay. because, uh, remember, I was telling you about Trump and the debate. This right. is a long way around. Add to that um, the, the fact that Joe Biden has, been, has, has become the animated version of all the boogeyman um, concerns about Trump. Right. And it, it, the, not only the, you know, gropiness uh, stuff, feeling up women, mm -hmm. um, and this, like we just talked about inflation, Afghanistan causing Ukraine and this and that. But he's, uh, he's somebody who appears to be on the take in Shady. This is Noah Rothman in the um, National Review, which we subscribe to. Right at the bottom of the ABC News write-up of the Ipsos poll commissioned with... Um, uh, Ipsos, a dispatch that covers the waterfront of public opinion surrounding all the many sordid affairs that involve Donald Trump, lies a shocking bit of news about how the public is responding to Hunter Biden's scandalous conduct and how his father's administration is handling it. A, pl a plurality of Americans, 48%, are, are not confident that the U.S. Justice Department is handling its investigation of Hunter Biden in a fair and nonpartisan manner. While only 32% Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. 
So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. 2% express confidence in the investigation. 32% express confidence. 48% not confident. This is Americans, Democrats and Republicans. Mm Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks that the fix is in right. for this guy. They've seen this guy, David Weiss, and nobody, his maneuvers. According to Ipsos, the survey showed that fewer than one-third of Americans believe the Justice Department is conducting the investigation and prosecution of Hunter Biden in a fair, nonpartisan manner. In plainer words, a plurality, a plurality of Americans see, or at least are not willing to dismiss, the appearance of corruption in the administration's handling of the allegations that the president's son enriched himself by retailing access to the highest echelons of the American government. That means that they think the guy in the White House is a crook. Right. Because Americans aren't stupid. Well, many of them are. But, but you, by nature, you see what's happening when you see what's happening. Right. And we see what's happening. They see that the process is being screwed up here. The guy's an F up. He's a jerk. Uh, Hunter Biden is, your, is not somebody that women like. He's mean to his daughter. Um, he was mean to the mother of his uh, daughter. Uh, daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Biden is gropey and etc. So what I'm saying is a long way to say that in these debates, Trump should go there and try to seem like he's not the biggest a-hole on stage. And maybe he could have a chance to get support that he's going to need in the general. Because the, right now, there's no lovable Uncle Joe left in this race. Right. Neither Trump nor Biden have it. But Trump has not done the crap in front of the camera that Biden has. He hasn't. No. I mean, he hasn't been terrible to a bunch of families that lost their kids who were Marines because they, because of Trump's F-ups in Afghanistan, that that didn't happen, right? There's no, you know, Trump doesn't go out here and like yell at everybody for like how I... You know, name one goal we haven't achieved and act all abrasive towards people right. and stuff and, this, and walk out of the room when he's asked questions like that. Oh, and yes. Well, here's like, today. This is Joe Biden. Uh, can you tell us about your Hawaii trip, sir? Can you tell us about your Hawaii trip, sir? No. Not now. I'm going to be leaving. I'll be there on Monday. Why is it important that you He looks totally detached from it. The saying no comment the other day. Yeah, when he's on vacation, and I mean, like, does he even know what's going on in Hawaii at this point? Does anybody? First of all, in Hawaii, they're having a media-free zone. Will Kane from Fox has been doing amazing reporting on this. He owns property in um, West Maui, and he has been there on the ground with a crew. He says they're the only people there right now doing reporting, and he's been reporting on a lot of the amazing work people have been doing. But, you know, the Democrats were obviously really quick to jump on this Hawaii stuff as, like, a climate change thing, um, which it's never a good idea to jump too deeply into a narrative about an event immediately once it happens, like, in the first 24, 48 hours. Yes, now because, more than ever. You know, you always want to hedge a little bit until you know exactly what's going on because a lot of the reporting is very bad in the very beginning, especially in cases like this where there is not a lot of reporting on the ground here and they're deliberately trying to keep media out. Now, it's transpiring that probably the reason they want to keep a lot of the media out here is because this is looking more and more like this was an F up of epic proportions by a variety of local officials and um, companies, the Hawaii Electric Company in particular, that um, was in charge of a bunch of these power lines, was told they were at huge fire risk years ago, as far back as 2019, they were being told that, you know, that these wires were sparking were causing problems. The Wall Street Journal was reporting on this. They had been told that this was something that they needed to deal with because there was a huge risk of fire here. And um, and they did not do it because they were too busy building um, renewable energy plants and resources to, to make the switch to renewable energy. In addition... Um, this guy, I have the video here of um, uh, M. Kaleo Manuel, 
Hawaiian official M. Kaleo Manuel refused to release water in Maui as the fire raged. Manuel is deputy director of the Department of Land and Natural Resources. Here he is explaining that water should be revered, not used. Our authorizing statute to protect and manage all water resources in the state. One water is like taking it and looking at it from a holistic system perspective. And that's not diff- any different than... The moment so, yeah, so any of these to- psychotics say the word holistic, hit the mm-hmm. um, drop door uh, button. Yeah, so, and this is... Um- has apparently been a really big issue in Hawaii historically because when they came in and had big plantations there, they would divert a lot of the water from the local streams and rivers to water the plantations. And like the people who are downstream, you know, didn't get any say in it. So now they have now overcorrected so that the downstream people have to like sign off whenever they want to divert any water, including apparently to fight fires that are burning down the entire island. So... They have decided to have a water policy that means that they can't approve. And, you know, the, the firefighters were asking to fill up the tanks in advance of these fires coming through. And, you know, there there was no policy in place or anybody to tell them yes. And by the time that it was decided that, yeah, maybe they should use that water, it was too late to do anything um, and to, to fill up their water reserves. Hawaiians traditionally managed water. You know, in, in essence, we treated, uh, Native Hawaiians treated water as one of the earthly manifestations of a god in a kua, kane. And so that reverence um, for a resource and that reciprocity in relationship was was something that was really, really important to our worldview and, and well-being, right? And living in an island, in isolated from other, you know, civilizations. How does that relate to um, being able to use the water to put out the fire that's literally killing hundreds of people? That's the, th- that is the unfortunate uh, fallout of the uh, holistic approach. Yeah. So, I mean, and... I think there was also just sort of generic non-woke mismanagement here, too. Um, you know, uh, some attention has been put on the uh, the guy in charge of emergency management. In, Is that um, the guy with the same name from the KMS show? Uh, I don't know about that, but um, I don't know if I saw that. But uh, anyway, that he had no experience in any kind of emergency management in fact it was his first full-time job he'd ever had um doing any kind of emergency management but he had been chief of staff of the mayor previously so a political appointment clearly not somebody i mean and we know how that goes in massachusetts because that's how like all the jobs are appointed in massachusetts everything's a patronage job nobody has any experience doing anything so you know but it just leads to such disastrous governance there's, um, you know, the the emergent the alarms weren't sounded. Right. I actually and saw, yeah, we saw this some harrowing video of the fire just burning from rooftop to rooftop and flying. I heard one estimate that said it was traveling a mile a minute in some cases with the wind through the city, which is just unbelievable. That's crazy. There are also... Um, a bunch of rumors including i mean the, the wall street journal was publishing these so they're getting this from somewhere people are saying that um children were sent home from school but that um but that parents still had to work mm. so there were a lot of children home that weren't warned to leave freaking amazing which is and there there are a lot of concerns that potentially amongst the missing people which is still like a thousand missing people that they're you know, they're asking people for DNA for help to identify remains now that, um, that, that there are going to be a lot of children under that number, which is just like devastating to think about that if, if that's like a possibility here. That's like really, really horrific. But, you know, the, then they jump right out and say like, oh, well, we need climate legislation. Well, maybe you need management on the ground that's going to handle things instead of sitting here and talking to me about freaking river water gods maybe you should like put a little time into handling the thing that's here now which is that you had a bunch of infrastructure that you didn't upgrade hawaii electric is potentially going to be bankrupt now because of the the amount of insurance claims that are going to be filed here because i mean they're insured obviously but it's they didn't make necessary infrastructure upgrades that they were warned that they needed to make and they didn't apparently shut off the power 
while this was happening is they had poles coming down and you know live wires sparking into mm. buildings like i everything that comes out about it just makes it seem like more of a human failure because a lot of these things i mean like yeah storm, it's a total f up you know wind it, it, and storm or no but, wind and storm i mean like, and like can we can we just admit mm-hmm. that this, it's not only page drainage but it's uh historic first etc people suck more at things now than they have ever they are just terrible it terrible and we're seeing this on a in a in such a high level like when Biden was just answering the question, uh, um, uh, I have nothing to say now. We go there Monday. Karine Jean Pierre is gawking at him from behind. She is panicking. She doesn't know what she's doing. She's a dummy. I mean, I you know, the press secretary she doesn't is even supposed know who to be Senator Hirono. Right. The press secretary is supposed to be the best liar in the administration unless you've got an exceptionally talented principal like Barack Obama who's a, who's a, who came off like a flack himself but Karine Jean-Pierre is not she's not she sucks at this job mm-hmm. and some people get it some people don't Saki was not great at this job either but she knew she was seasoned she knew the steps to take she was not a thinker on your feet she was snide um this whole idea of Saki bomb I'm sure got to her head uh and, you know, one of the things that you can tell is that these people never clean anything up or else this guy would have had... Their strategy also is terrible. The strategy to declare victory in Afghanistan? Freaking kidding me? You do that? Oh, yeah. You declare victory? And they did. Well, there you go. I mean, that's communi- it doesn't make the communication shop um, easier, but that's what people are listening to. So I'm going to bring that local. Okay. Local as in to Vermont. Dayline Burlington, Vermont... Burlington, Vermont hired, this is our Charlie Kirk, hired a director of racial equity, inclusion, and belonging. Oh, God. Racial equity, inclusion, and belonging. Um, Tayestia Green. One of her only jobs was organizing a Juneteenth event. (laughs) Perfect. Which ran more than 100% over budget, thanks to her mismanagement. Then she lateraled to the same job in Minneapolis, where she did the same exact thing. Once the city began investigating her, she quit, claiming it was a toxic work environment for not giving her unlimited money. Now Burlington is investigating her as well, so she's accused the mayor, one of the most liberal cities in the country, of being a white supremacist. Of course. DEI is a scam for hiring unqualified deadweight losers who ruin everything around them. Abolish it. Uh, that is correct. That is correct. That's, that's today's theme, including... Um, uh, my uh, my former colleagues and uh, uh, over at uh, certain um, tabloid newspapers. This is unqualified deadweight losers. That's the kind of person, and that's a kind of that's a kind of main ingredient it takes to come up with these kind of calm strategies and how to uh, create a fake source for a story and then cite that source. Instead of doing ethical journalisming, but this, you know, and I'll add um, Andrew um, uh, Jack Smith to this as well, and David White. I mean, all these guys as well. These are unqualified deadweight losers with good jobs and egos in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. All right, Alice. Um, what is the hot sauce? Should we do the hot sauce? I guess so. Was the, the hot sauce is, of course, Chelsea Fire Wicked Hot Sauce, which brings us the Chelsea Fire Wicked Hotline chat chat where you can leave a message for the show. Very nice people in this little town, Alice. Very nice people. Morgan's Workplace is right down the street. Do you know that? Indeed. I didn't know that. I didn't know that that's where it was, as a matter of fact. I would have driven past. I, I don't think it's a kind of place you can do a pop-in. Uh, okay. SFM? No mas? Steve from Merrimack? Oh, okay. Six days ago. Hi. Hey, Steve. Steve from Merrimack. You know, Tom, I wasn't going to leave another message regarding your, uh, you know, incredibly encyclopedic knowledge of film. <laughs> but after, you know, Thursday night's episode, I listened to it the next day, the Friday morning episode, where Phil was nice enough to leave you a yes. list of movies from the 1970s, which, by the way, did not include Apocalypse Now, Phil. Right. I'm very disappointed in that. But other than that, it was a good list. I have seen that one, though. But it's <laughs> you making comments along the way about the films <laughs> that <laughs> Phil recommended. It's You are very Joe Biden-like in that <laughs> you don't know a thing. 
but you're so confident in what you don't know. It's it, it drives me batch. So okay, the case in point. Phil mentions once upon or not once upon. It mentions one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Okay, and you go, oh, that's a very gritty movie. Uh, yes. Peter Boyle really scared me in that. Peter Boyle isn't in the goddamn movie. What are you talking about? I don't know. Was Peter Boyle in the outtakes or something that I missed? He is not. Who's that big creepy guy? It's not Peter Boyle. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. Hold on. (laughs) Hold on. Cuckoo's nest cast. Let's see. Uh, Oh, wait. Was it Christopher Lloyd? Ooh, that's disappointing. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think it's Christopher Lloyd. I thought I He must have looked drastically drastically different. No, uh Yeah, I think it is. Wow, Peter Boyle is not in that movie else. Hmm. I'm looking. He's not listed. Unless they didn't list him. In one flew over the Google's that. Okay. And I think you may have actually seen that movie. Yes. And then the other thing is you're talking about Chinatown, which you haven't seen. Correct. And you go, oh, yeah, yeah, that's the one where Jack Nicholson has a broken nose. Yeah, it does, doesn't he? And I get, no, Jack Nicholson does not have a broken nose in, in really? Chinatown. No? He has his nose almost cut off oh. by a knife, by oh. a hood, played by the director of the film, Roman Polanski. Damn. But again, you're just so confident in what you don't know. My God. Oh. oh, oh, please, no moss, no moss, God. Roman Polanski yells, do you look forward to his next great masterwork? No. Roman Polanski. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's all you got? Well, I mean, I, I, I can't, I mean, I was, uh, I, I, this is. I was going to say this. Want to hear what I was going to say? Sure. I was going to say he had good taste in women. But the one that I know of who was of age who he didn't sexually assault was brutally murdered by Charles Manson's gang. So, I... That doesn't mean she... She was very beautiful. Okay, I'm going to move on here. The other one was... Sharon Tate was hot. That's your Roman Polanski take? Yes, she was. Okay. Good take. It's okay, right? (laughs) We're good, right? (laughs) I mean, that's true, at least. Thank you. Uh, Seether and Fritz Fail. Seether. It seems like everything is the same. That's not... It's kind of falling apart for its it's reception here. Let's try Let's see. The Law V21 and LOL Today. It's got to be Fritz again. That is Fritz again. KB1SX3. Okay, let's try another Fritz. There we go. No, Fritz. It sounds like something I'd like to hear, Fritz. But it, you, you're gonna have to take your uh, your phone out of the jar of mayonnaise and take that jar out of the shower because there's a lot going on there, and none of it is your voice. I would just like Fritz. to say how President Biden wants to help Ukraine and barely help Hawaii. Here's seven hundred dollars for each family. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna fix it because that's all it takes to rebuild your house and fix your family and get your pets and get everything back in order. And maybe your bank got blown away. That's <laughs> nonsense, man. Totally nonsense. I'm pissed about it. Yeah, you're right, Prince. Mm-hmm. What a what an fu to people. Seven hundred bucks. Just all, don't even say anything. Yeah, don't say anything at the moment. Just go there and start hugging some people or whatever. I mean, apparently that's like the most they can do out of FEMA without going through Congress or whatever for a bigger thing. But I just don't say seven hundred dollars because yeah, it sounds worse than people are missing nothing. their kids right now. Paul in the car, Alice. Hey guys, Paul in the car. Hey Paul. Hey, Paul. Um, quick kudos to you that this week, although it was depressing and disappointing that I didn't have the Sunday through Thursday normality 
uh, or excuse me, normalcy of your um, podcast. The interviews were fantastic. So thank you. Great departure from the usual. It was awesome stuff. I would encourage you to mix that in continuing forward, but great job. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate you, it. Paul. I actually thought that, that everybody we talked to, from Scott Brown, obviously, it was newsy. I don't even remember anything else. But, um, was good. I thought Graham was great. I thought Steve Robinson was great. Um, and I thought Jerry Callahan was great. I th- thought mm-hmm. that, that they just, they were all really good. And we used to do more podcasts. It's good. It's ebbed and flowed, certainly. Um, you know, there's part of me as as this presidential race comes around as well that thinks that that maybe I mean we can do it, so why not? And breaking news is not a bad thing. Um, sometimes we just like to bandy about ideas and have more fun. It's almost as if it should be another podcast, but we can't. We don't have. To, can't we do don't another. have the bandwidth. So so yes, I definitely the excitement of the Scott Brown thing and and also just. Yeah, I'm keeping that in mind. I, I think uh, I, I've kind of got a, an, an itch to do some more. I mean, first of all, we want some gets, you know. I like the idea of it being possibly newsy. Um, but that's on me to be able to to pitch these people and, and get them in. There are some... Um, if there's anybody who you'd like to hear from as well, you let me know in particular. Um, there is... I mean, there are some... There, I have a list of people who I always want. I would love to talk to Victor David Hansen. I, I think I've reached out to him. I don't think it's it's worked. Obviously, I want uh, Matt Walsh again. We, we, we will talk to Matt Welch. He is uh, amenable to coming on. Um, and um, obviously, Jordan Peterson. I'd love to talk to him. Mm-hmm. Just a quick hit. Russell uh, Brand. Love to talk to him. And obviously, the, you know, any of the... The, that's pretty much where I am. Actually, yeah, I'd like to have Tim Dillon, too, because he's a sick bastard, and he's very funny, and I do listen to his podcast. Yeah. Oh, uh, before we go, I want to p- get one. Th- go to one thing. Well, uh, you're getting something, can I just say, too, because I feel like we should address this because we haven't been talking this week since this happened, and you know we didn't get to it in this show, really. Um, but So Trump obviously was indicted in Georgia. We had talked about how that was going to be happening. It was like we talked about a huge indictment that included a lot of people, including like his attorneys and stuff. Um, and, you know, centered in particular around a lot of these attempts to like get the voting data from the voting machines and things like that, which mm-hmm. I, I mean, they're doing it with this Rico thing, which means that you don't have to have all the underlying things that people did actually be criminal. Right. right? You've like, got to show the conspiracy. Right. And it has to... I. I don't know, like, how legit a use of the RICO thing this is under George, because this is Georgia RICO law now, not federal RICO law, which is different and has different, like, legal standards in the courts. So it is going to be different. I'm not an expert in Georgia RICO law, obviously. Um, It does seem pretty clear they set this up. This has nothing to do with the grand jury. They accidentally released it before the grand jury was done Mm -hmm. deliberating. And then claimed it was just an accident. And first they called it a fictitious document, <laughs> the one that they put out. And then they said, oh, no, oops, we posted it early. But it wasn't supposed, they weren't supposed to have the indictments until the grand jury was done with their job, which, which they hadn't done. Um, all that being said, the legal issues aside, I'm not sure that a Fulton County jury is going to care if this is a stretch of, you know, the RICO law or whatever. And that this is a really bad situation for Trump because there's no pardoning here. Do you realize that? Oh, really? Like, oh, so it's state no, level because it's state level. Well, and not just because it's state level, but Georgia doesn't actually have the governor's not able to pardon as oh, well. Oh, I see. So a lot of people were yelling at Brian Kemp and saying, Brian Kemp, you better be ready to pardon Trump. And... Well, if I were Brian Kemp, I don't know how ready I would be to do that since Trump has done nothing but trash him for several years now, including running candidates against him and stuff. Um, (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm reading Michael Ben's uh, um, Twitter reply to us. Um, But, you know, it it doesn't matter regardless how Brian Kemp feels about Trump because Brian Kemp doesn't actually have the ability to pardon him. In Georgia, the pardoning is done by a special board and they can't do it until after you've served your sentence anyway. Uh So, I mean, like, all it takes is the right jury and they could actually send Trump to prison over this. 
which is insanity. I mean, it's really, really crazy. And I... I it's like, BS, honestly, and this is, I mean... I, they're I mean, gonna, I mean, I just, like, I feel slightly ill about it, thinking about yeah. how we were lectured to for all these years by all these people about how dangerous it was, how dangerous it was to democracy that Trump crowds jokingly chanted, lock her up, right? And they're, they're actually gonna put 80-year-old Trump in prison for possibly the rest of his life. Yeah. For doubting election results now. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it it's so incredible to me. And there's no out. There's no pardon power. There's no, there's no, like, way to heal the rift, sort of, because, you know, it's like the thing with, like, pardoning Nixon, right? Where the feeling was that that could, like, allow the country to sort of get over it and move on from the divisiveness of the Nixon stuff and the Watergate stuff and everything. Of course. But there's no, there's no mechanism for that here. If they put him in prison, he's really going to go to prison. Yeah. And like, I mean, they're already threatening grand jurors and stuff. They've already like arrested people for being problematic. If they actually put Trump in prison for doubting the Georgia election results and for his lawyers trying to go through legal channels to try and obtain like voter data and stuff, I mean, I, that's um, that's a problem. That is third world stuff, and that it's like really serious. And I don't see like a very clear off ramp to it. You know, like if if they get a jury that's amenable to this, which they very well could. I mean, like this county went like completely for Biden. That if they get a jury that's amenable to this, there's no like there's which is why like people like governors and presidents have pardon power, right? There's no. There's no off-ramp. There's no way to de-escalate this. Right. Yes, They're this gonna, would be serious. I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't... I, and I find that, like, really upsetting and, like, worrisome just yes. for our country. So it's made me sad this week, honestly. Like, uh, I, know that I was delighted to hear Andy McCarthy essentially say that it's all nonsense, but who knows? But it's... But juries are weird and unpredictable. Yes. Okay. Uh, and some better news. I haven't heard mm-hmm. these two cuts, but these are moving around everywhere. Larry Elder, who actually sent this cut to me, Alice, sent this to me, was on with Charlemagne the God on The Breakfast Club. Mm-hmm. And there are a couple of uh, cuts I'm told are must watch. I, I'm acutely aware, Charlemagne, that I'm a black person, just as you are a black person. And when uh, Joe Biden insulted you by saying, mm-hmm. you ain't really black, we don't know whether or not you want to vote for me or vote for Donald Trump. Uh, it seems to me that should have been a wake-up call on your part. How dare this guy come in here and insult you, a black man, and tell you you got to think a certain kind of way? I'm amazed that you weren't mad about that. Um, I didn't, I'm not going to say I, it upset me. It's just like I'm not letting you upset me. You know what I mean? I don't tend to get upset over things like well, that. But what I did say Well, well you just not, not talk about, about a wake-up call, and it seemed to me that that should have been a wake-up call on your part to have a white guy come in here who also Ooh. said, by the way, uh, uh, about Mitt Romney— um, uh, because he didn't want to put more regulations on Wall Street, going to put y'all back in chains. And Joe Biden has lied for decades about his civil rights record, claiming that he desegregated movie theaters and restaurants in, in Wilmington, Delaware, when he didn't any didn't do any of that. He lied and said that he tried to visit Nelson Mandela during apartheid South Africa. He did not. And he came in here and told you you aren't even black unless you think a certain kind of way. It seemed to me that should have been a wake-up call for you, but it wasn't, apparently. Yeah, I mean, you know, for the record, I'm not a Democrat or Republican. I, I, I didn't say you were. I, yeah, I think both. I don't know what trash. you are. I, I never yeah. even asked you about your party affiliation. Yeah, I'm just saying, you, but you are black. Absolutely. And, and to have a white guy come in here and tell you you have to say uh, think a certain kind of way, otherwise you quote ain't black. Wow. How should I have replied to him? You think? What I just now said. How dare you insult me and tell me I, I think as, as a human being, let alone as a black person. I don't tell you how to think, Joe Biden. How dare you come in here and tell me how, to, how I, I should think? I'm going to vote for Donald Trump if I want to vote for Donald Trump. And if I want to vote for Donald Trump, it does not make me not black. 20% of black people, black men, as I said, voted for Donald Trump in 2020. Are they not black now? So only 80% of black people, black men walking around are really black, 20% are not, because they voted for Donald Trump. How insulting is that? How condescending is that? Mm. Nice hit, Larry. And one more cut. Um, you know, obviously, Larry... Pack that punch, you know. Beforehand, well, yeah, yes, yeah. He that did. was a planned. So this is more conversational. <laughs> Have you ever heard of the term a wake up call? No. It is an incident where a person of color forgets that they are of color and are reminded rather brutally by an unexpected act of racism. Oh, Have you brother. ever had any of oh, those? Oh, brother. 
I'm just asking. This seems to be up there. You think you've ever Well, I'm, I'm acutely no, aware, Charlemagne, that I'm a black no, person. No, this is leading just into the other cut. That's clearly what he was calling it back to him that was bleeped in the other And wake up call. So let me go back further and see if there's any more of this. This is a guy, uh, Joe Biden, who, when he first got into the Senate, hung out more than anybody else, as I said earlier. He opposes uh, school choice when he has his own kids in private school. And we lost a year, almost two years of in-school education in California because of COVID that he supported. I mean, this guy has done monstrous things to black people. And then for him to come in here and tell you how you ought to think as a black person, it blew my mind. As a person, objectively, who doesn't care about either party. When- okay. So anyway, that's good stuff from Larry. Good for you. Good for you, uh, Larry. Thank you all for uh, hanging out. We appreciate appreciate the kind words. Appreciate all the heads up. You don't realize how spotty the internet is here. So if you guys hadn't told us about stuff, you know, and just seeing little notifications saying, hey, guess what? Then we wouldn't have known. It's been a, uh, a great week. Thanks for all the feedback. And we shall see you Sunday tomorrow in All You Can Eat podcast comes out. Yes, listen to that. Plenty of All You Can Eat podcasts. If you haven't tried listening to those yet, just search All You Can Eat and Tom Shattuck on um, Apple Podcasts. You'll find that there. Uh, you can, if you feel like joining for live streams and stuff like that, and like I said, our Patreon people uh, got all those interviews a day early. That's patreon.com slash burnbarrel. And you can, of course, always listen to the show for free, burnbarrelpodcast.com. You can leave messages, and there's links to all the different podcast apps. Say la vie.